Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it is time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. I just want to say that I've been looking forward to this so much all week. So excited to chat with you. It's like the bright spot of my week. I always do. It's truly taking this on during the pandemic has been something that's given me a ton of joy. I feel very lucky to do it, especially with you. I'm not just saying that. (laughs) Oh, and all the crazy news. I feel like Trump getting COVID, everything that's going on in the world. It's just like such a lovely escape. So I'm so glad that you guys are on this journey with us. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a royal rating of five stars. Pretty please. Ooh, please. <laughs> also, you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We read all your emails, so please send them in send us a love note (laughs) yes how was your weekend Rachel it was good Roberta I did um one of my favorite things in a non-pandemic world which is a Brooklyn Bridge Park hang with friends we all had masks and we did like individually portion snacks but it was the closest to normal I've felt pretty much this whole time it was really really nice so nice what about you how was your sister-in-law's oh my gosh how was oh, I just not jumped a million steps? <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Dave, if you're listening, no, how was um, his, your how was Dave's sister's wedding? Yes, my boyfriend's sister's wedding, not quite sister-in-law, Sorry, future Roberta. sister-in-law. If all things go well, no, um, it was lovely. It was really small. Um, the weather was amazing. It was at a winery, so it was really, really nice. But also, I wanted to tell you that for the readers, I mean. The, Readers. For the listeners that have been with us talking about Ted Lasso almost every week, oh I have to say that I finished the show <gasps> and there's a special shout out to Meghan Markle oh my in gosh, the show Roberta. and it made me freak out because I was like, everything's connected. Everything is connected. Oh my gosh. I'm like now behind you and I love that you are in love with this show as much as I do. I feel oh, like it, was, it says volumes about our friendship. It was so good. But then on the other side of the coin, I started Succession season two, which is a lot Ooh. heavier. And I haven't started season two yet, but I loved season one. So yeah, Same, but all the characters are not lovable. They're all evil and they're all very horrible evil. in their own way. So Ted Lasso was such a breath of fresh air. But anyway, sorry. Season that's two last, is coming. That's the last Ted Lasso mention on this podcast. So we'll, we'll talk Un- about the Royals Officially now. sponsored yeah. by Ted Lasso. <laughs> Um, well, we have a ton coming up this episode, you guys. We have new video of the Cambridges. The actual highlight of my weekend was hearing George, Charlotte, and Louis speak. More on that coming up. Megan and Harry's interview with the Evening Standard about racism. We're going to go over all of that. And Kate and William Zoomed with a koala. Uh, so much more to talk about. But first, the Royal Cocktail. And now it's time for the Weekly Royal Cocktail. Yes, the royal refreshment this week is gin and tonic featuring Ardingstall's gin. Do you have yours? I do have mine. It's like I did it in a weird glass. I put a little uh, slice of lime in mine. I love a good gin and tonic, and sometimes we get too crazy with our drinks, but this is a classic. Also, my glass doesn't do justice to the beautiful bottle that this came from. Um, So it's Small Batch by Paul Feig, the director and producer of Bridesmaids, The Office, and Freaks and Geeks, and it is absolutely delicious. And the bottle is like worth preserving and putting on a bar cart and like refilling with something else. It's so pretty. It's like a crystal bottle you can't really find that anywhere I feel like Mm -hmm. you'd find that at an antique store or something so 
Also, just I want to mention that he also has this amazing Instagram show. If you follow him on Instagram, that's the quarantine cocktail time. So that sounds very right up my alley. Whole experience. That's well, all. Rachel, yeah, I did right all this. Yeah, I did all this pandemic cocktails. Hello. Why don't you have your own show? How the have you not it up. Check out his and then make your own and I will be there for it. <laughs> all right. Well, while we're sipping, we're going to shout out a lovely reader email from Kendall this week. She started out by saying she's always loved the pod and all things royal, but especially ever since Will and Kate got engaged. She actually had her first royal encounter back in 2015. She was on a trip to London with her grandparents. They were outside Buckingham and Prince Harry and Prince Charles drove by. What a surreal moment. That's the dream. If When you go to Buckingham Palace, right? Looking at the gates, you want to see a royal? Yeah. So that, I guess, kind of inspired her, she said, to apply as an intern at the British Embassy in London. And she got the gig, which is amazing. Congrats. So she was there in the summer of 2016. And that same summer, the horrible Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando happened. And so she describes in her letter what happened. Um, She says, as a small cohort of Americans in another country, we did our best to talk through the devastating tragedy with each other while in a different country. The EU and British citizens we worked with were extremely kind and really showed us why the US and the UK have such a special relationship. One morning, it was rumored that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were coming in person to the embassy to sign the condolence book. It was almost unheard of and no one believed it, including my boss. She then goes on to say they wanted to personally talk to the entire embassy. I quickly talked my way out of the meeting I was in. Sorry, Judy. I guess that was her (laughs) boss. And went downstairs. Not only were they extremely kind and caring, but they took the time to chat with some of the staff. I'll never forget their visit and how they expressed their sympathy to the families, friends, and LGBT plus community that was devastated by the shooting. She said she's attached some pictures, their signatures in the condolence book, and one of the photos she circles herself and she's right behind Kate's shoulder, just peeking over a little crowd. But how amazing to see them in person and also just how touching it must have been for them to show up like that in the midst of such a horrible, you know, circumstance and show their support for the U.S. I thought that was really lovely. I know. And I'm not I'm so curious now to look back at the press attention they received. But I just know that there's so much that Kate and William do behind the scenes that we probably don't hear about. Um, And I think that it was really special for Kendall to write us and tell us about this. I did really love her circling her head in the back. So I appreciate that because I was like, I want to find you in the crowd. I know. And classic Kate wearing a black sweater and a little um, kind of knee length black and white dress pattern dress and black heels looks stunning as always but just a, a lovely reader email I love to hear yeah. about your interactions with the royals it's so mm-hmm. fun uh, totally keep writing us uh, so this week in royal history you guys and now this week in royal history it's almost been two years since Princess Eugenie married Jack Brooksbank on October 12, 2018 at St. George's Chapel at Windsor. Hard to believe. We're a hair early talking about it, but this was like But perfect incredible. timing because yeah. of the baby announcement, too. Perfect timing, yeah. Well, so to revisit that wonderful, memorable time, it was actually just, you know, a short a few months after Prince Harry and Meghan Markle got married at the same chapel. So a lot of royal weddings. Gosh, think back to that wonderful year that where we had year all that was- content. Absolutely crazy. Amazing. I did think this was interesting because we always talk about how the royals tend to have a six-month engagement. So mm-hmm. that was the about the same for uh, for Jack and Eugenie because Jack proposed in Nicaragua right at the end of January and then they were married by October. So that's a, a little bit longer. Um, but I also wanted to mention that I never noticed the similarities between Kate Middleton and Eugenie's engagement ring. So the, did you – am I – 
late yeah, in that? I guess I I'm only know that. this because I wrote a story about royal engagement rings and like outlined every single royal's engagement ring and the floral sapphire trend is really is really big with them. So But it's also like they have the major center stone, the large oval sapphire. They both have sapphires and then yeah. the ring the like circle of solitaire diamonds around. That's I mean they really do look similar other than the the blue. Yeah, I was going to say it's the pop I'm not going to say it's right. Paparadasha? Yes. That, yeah. Is that I think that's right. Yeah. I, I'm not totally I'm sure. But yeah, no, it's pink and orangey, which apparently yes. is way more rare than the ring that Kate, you know, Princess Diana's engagement ring. But that, that I mean, know, the blue sapphire but is way can more you iconic. Be, yeah. You can, yeah. It's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. But I do love both of those styles. Yeah. It's, really it's like, I just, I don't know how I missed the similarities. But uh, Eugenie's dress was designed by Peter Pilato and Christopher DeVos. And I forgot, I loved looking back at the pictures, that she did that wonderful outfit change for the reception <gasps> into that yes. blush colored dress by Zach Posen. So striking and that beautiful. fit like a glove, like a yeah, corset. Fit like a glove. It was actually really so fancy, those kind of two. like jaw dropping how beautiful. Yeah, that was. And they're a great couple because it's like you see them so dressed up and then on their Instagram, you know, so dressed down. I like that sort of, you know, we've gotten to know them in the co- in the two years since with how much Eugenie posts. But uh, memorable guests in attendance, Kate Moss, Naomi Campbell, the Clooney's, although I don't think the Clooney's were cited. Victoria Beckham and Elton John were all said to be there. Kate and William and Meghan and Harry were also all together at that occasion. I, you know, just looking over the pictures. And again, it was supposedly when Meghan announced her pregnancy with Archie to the family. But that's, you know, according to several reports how accurate totally not sure but Mm -hmm. really truly I mean you just had a wedding this weekend but revisiting those pictures it's like that's what life used to be like I know it's so weird to see people in crowds and hugging and shaking hands and all of that it's just it's like so jarring now which is kind of scary about what it's doing to our psyche and all that but yeah it's a beautiful wedding and it was kind of wild to think that we just had had Meghan and Harry's and then I know what uh, like a year. The luckiest year of royal fanatics everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two it was royal such a, now we have such a huge gap. But uh, but yeah, and like you said, they have a lot to look forward to in the coming year. And uh, Eugenie was actually spotted for the first time, I think, out since her baby announcement wearing a floral dress with a forest green jacket and patterned mask. Love seeing the mask. Um, and she, you know, she's definitely, I mean, I think it was a windy day, but you can really see that she's well into her second trimester. So Pretty exciting. exciting. Early January. Or, I know, or, sorry, well, they, early next year. Let's early make sure we get that. Well, early I'm, 2021. I was just going to ask you, do you think, I mean, like how early? Like that could mean before March. That could mean January. I'm like so curious to see what, how it all pans out. Yeah, same, can't same. Wait. Can't wait. A new royal baby. All right. Well, let's kick off the week of news. We had a couple big Sussex appearances last week. So we'll get into the really big first one, which is Meghan and Harry and the Evening Standard. So they collaborate with the Evening Standard to kick off the UK's Black History Month on October 1st. The Sussexes held a private interview with the Evening Standard, uh, two editors there. It was journalist Abianka Makoni, who was born in Zimbabwe and raised in London, and Lizzie Edmonds. And they talked about the importance of representation, about experiencing the racial justice movement from the U.S., and about Black History Month as a celebration. So we're going to play a little clip from that. And why is the project more significant now, especially with everything that's been happening with the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests across the globe? For me, it's awareness. And, and it's education and it's teaching. Um, you know, I, I've had, um, I've had a, a sort of an awakening as such of my own because I, I wasn't aware of so many of the issues and so many of the problems with, uh, within the UK, but also globally as well. I thought I did, but I didn't. Well, and I think also what it does is just 
remind people of our shared humanity. Mm. And that's the takeaway. Yeah, they had this really deep conversation with the editors, and this was just some of the snippets of it. At another point, Harry says, you know, when you go in a shop with your children, you only see white dolls. Do you even think that's weird? There is not a black doll there. And I use that as just one example of where we as white people don't always have the awareness of what it must be like for someone else of different colored skin, of black skin to be in the same situation as we are, where the world that we know has been created by white people for white people. So really, you know, they really got into it and um, talked I liked about how succinctly he put that too. I think that that kind of really is, I mean, I know it's just one example as he mentioned, but it is a really strong example of something that's like just that simple thing. Yeah. Like, kind if of, you're not thinking about that. That's a problem. Right. It like resonates with a wide audience. Like I feel like all, like anyone could relate to that specific tidbit. Um, but they also mentioned Archie up front in the very first few snippets. Um, Megan said, we are doing well. Archie's so good. We're, well, she, she said he's so good, but meant to be understood as Archie is so good. We are very lucky with our little one. He is just so busy. He is all over the place. He keeps us on our toes. We are just so lucky. So sweet. And they were doing this from their Montecito sitting room, which we've seen a couple of times. And I love that their beagle guy made an appearance. It was a pretty, he was kind of a star. <laughs> I mean, I love when he kind of made a quick exit, too. And Harry's face was just like, like, he looked like, okay. He, like, whatever, jumped bye. off Harry's lap and Harry was like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like, this going to mess up the Zoom feed. It was, really, it was really funny. I also was thinking that Guy has been all over the world, if you think about it. Because he lived with her in Toronto and then yeah. moved to the UK and then moved back to California. Like, this is a world-traveling dog. So I Well, really I think that. there's a kid's book about him. Yeah, I own it. Guy the Beagle. The Royal Dogness Guy the Beetle. I mean, Guy, <laughs> Guy the Beagle, not Beetle. Beagle. <laughs> Wait, it's called the Royal Dogness? The Royal Dogness Guy the Beagle. And Who's I read it to I? Finn. So uh, let me see. Mike Broom and Camille March. And it's a total delight. If you don't own it, you should definitely buy a copy. It's great. <laughs> All about Guy and his world travels. I love it. Um, The reason, though, I mentioned when the journalist by name, Abianca, is she wrote another article following up the conversation with Megan. She said the Duchess spoke softly but firmly and was nothing like what people assumed. And she said she felt their childhood similarities of um, this journalist growing up or being born in Zimbabwe but growing up in London that made her understand exactly where Meghan Markle was coming from and to admire her yeah I really liked that kind of addition to all the coverage because I think that so many times you know journalists are sent into these incredibly high profile moments which I count this as one for sure and I liked hearing from the writer on what was going on behind the scenes what she personally felt and I really liked that she said she was so nervous because obviously it's like you get probably such a short amount of time with them but then to have them be so warm and open sounds like it went really well and to answer their questions so thoroughly and thoughtfully too it's like I would be so nervous I, w- I wouldn't even know how to form questions but for when they come on the podcast we'll prep yeah <laughs> seriously we need to start prepping now uh, but I love Megan's outfit she wore her like kind of it looked like one shoulder but it had another sleeve it's by Glamod and it's called the slash long sleeve top it's um Glamod is a Haitian designer who founded in the black collective for black individuals in the fashion industry so I really like that she was shining a spotlight on that for this important talk and then trousers by Stella McCartney um and it, while it's their first interview with a UK publication since moving and it's been it's been so long since they yeah, moved too it's so. crazy I really am so fascinated by their selective strategy with choosing the publications that they talk to. I mean, this was definitely very, you know, 
calculated and who they yeah. who they worked with. They even called that out at one point. They said they have the Evening Standard has a very diverse readership and and even a diverse newsroom, um, and that they also might start granting these interviews. I I hope they start granting these interviews to papers more often, just because it was so fascinating to see them kind of off script and yeah. hear them being. I mean, drilled with questions they don't know are coming and to kind of answer them on the spot was really enlightening, I guess. I don't know. I would love to see more of that. So Me too. Me too. I really, I definitely really liked this. I thought it was a smart move. We can't expect any of the four tabloids that were named in the lawsuit. They're definitely not going to have the sun Yeah, they're going to stay away from those. No. No way. (laughs) Nope. Um, But then another Sussex appearance was with Harry uh, surprised London marathoners in LA. I love this. It was a pair of marathoners who were participating in the virtual race. So this is the London Marathon's 40th year. And a husband and wife described how they were approached by the London Marathon organization and asked to write an essay describing how running changed their lives. They did so. And the wife um, has had a battle with cancer and also lost her mom to cancer. And the organization responded saying an ambassador would show up on race day. You're probably like, okay, whatever. I love the vagueness and secrecy of that. Shake hands with this guy. And then it ends up being Prince Harry. Like what? Casual. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to read the caption because it's really funny and sweet. They said, we found out that the ambassador was the Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry, with so many exclamation points. She also said he's so laid back and very down to earth. He actually asked if it is okay for us to sit on the floor. The interview was more like a chat with a friend. What an experience this was. I never imagined myself chatting with Prince Harry. This is one for the books. I will never forget this day. I love it. I also loved in the caption that there was a a mention right at the end that said that hand sanitizer, masks, and social distancing all occurred. Right. But then I watched the video and I don't think they are wearing masks. (laughs) They are sitting on the ground though, which is... That was true. I feel like it's like mixed how people handle it when they're outside, right? It's like they don't, but it feels like, uh, yeah, it's interesting that she did put that when they aren't all wearing masks. Yeah, she said for the pictures, (laughs) they took it off. But there's a picture with masks and Harry is wearing a mask um, from a Black-owned Oakland-based brand called Taylor J. I love that he's also getting into like meaningful fashion. Yeah, I think that that's great. I think it's amazing. And also Prince Charles. I feel like a lot of the royals, royal men do this. I always think it's just royal women and ladies, but they do this as yeah. well. So very uh, thoughtful choices here. But a lot of people are saying, so like so many of the comments online, I'm sure you guys, our listeners have seen this too, is criticisms of the Sussexes really center around Um, calling them hypocrites because they want their privacy, but they also do so much. And so they get a a lot of attention. I mean, we talk about them every week. So obviously they're getting so much attention. But I think that it's more, you know, obviously it requires a little more depth of thinking than that. It's like, this is they're royals. This is what royals do. I mean, they're not, you know, senior working royals, but they're still members of the royal family. And I think that that's the job description. Yeah, it's the job that they're part of. I mean, they're shining a spotlight. Their job is, you know, they're doing this work on behalf of mass, you know, major causes. And I feel like that's what they do. But I, I think that they still are entitled to pri- personal privacy. Yes, personal privacy. Yeah, like protecting Archie from the paparazzi. Obviously, yeah. I mean, the Cambridges Why do, do we that respect too. that in other celebs? Like, you know what I mean? I think that it's like, there are so many celebs that really fight hard for the privacy of their kids. So it just, it makes sense. And the privacy of themselves. And especially though with the Royals, I think, you know, the, your job is to show up and be seen and to shine a light on your patronages and be this figurehead and, you know, kind of carry the monarchy on behalf of the queen. And I think that that's 
what a lot of people miss is they're like, well, they're, you know, they're always in the news. They always want to be, you know, in the news. It's like, well, they want to do that for what's important to them, but not, like you said, perfectly put, not their private lives. So just interesting. I I just see a lot of that all the time. And so I feel like I wanted to call it out. We need to like, I I feel like I would love to read a ton about that, actually. I feel like we could dig very deep on Mm -hmm. that one. Uh, In other news, uh, this made my, as I said at the top of this episode, it made my whole weekend. We heard the Cambridge Kids talk, which has never happened before in a a official capacity. I lost it, Rachel. I was freaking (laughs) out. This was the cutest video. I can't believe we've never heard them speak before. Yeah. And so as we all know from, uh, you know, George, Charlotte and Louie got to meet their idol, David Attenborough, last week. And we what we didn't know is that they actually got to interview him. We're going to play a quick clip from that. Hello, David Attenborough. What animal do you think will become extinct next? Hello, David Attenborough. I like fathers. Do you like fathers too? What animal do you like? What animal do you oh. like? It's like, I cannot. I just want that on loop as I watch the other news cycle. I just need that lifting my heart during this. Same. The next 35 Wait, remind days, me how close Finn and Louis are in age. So Louis two and a half, right? I think so. So I think they're about the same age. Yeah. So I have to say I'm pretty impressed by how articulate Louis is. I mean, to even be able to frame a question like that. I mean, I feel like, you know, Finn is at this at the moment of working up to that, but also like the British accent. That was definitely oh, my favorite. Was he was so... my favorite because even him playing with the little leaps, he's like, <laughs> I just I'm I'm assuming Kate. And William filmed those because weren't they sent like David Attenborough recorded his separate. Yeah. And his answers too are so cute and good and perfect for kids and like educational. And I feel like I learned a lot from just listening to him. But it really is. It's the kids voices that. But they all just show such personality. Like Charlotte is so like, you know, she's like, I like spiders. Do you like spiders? Hers was my favorite. Hers was definitely my favorite question. That was. And to like spiders as a little girl, I feel like that. I it goes against everything I was when I was, I'm so scared of bugs still. <laughs> Every, yeah. Me too. Me too. No spiders. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was pretty rare. I mean, I think that we've heard them kind of picked up by cameras before, where especially like I think the big one was Charlotte at Louis Christening telling reporters, you're not coming and being kind of <laughs> sassy about it. But we really we get like glimmers, like the tongue sticking out moment at that regatta. But we really don't get to hear them hear them talk. So that was so, so great. And I did like thinking, you know, if Kate and William are really strategic about this, it's like we didn't get to see the Cambridge kids go to school and we were all kind of sad about it. And this was the ultimate antidote to that. It went above and beyond the going to school. Picks. That's so, so true. Well That's done. Such, well done. such a good point to hear them talking to feel like, you know, you're one on one with them. It was just so cute. They're just it was so, so cute. cute. I know. I don't know. Those school pictures are like they are amazing. Yeah, (laughs) we we still want some school pictures (laughs) from the Cambridges. Well, we did get a little nugget about George's school schooling. Is apparently he's really obsessed with volcanoes. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that lines up with George. Everything we kind of seven years old and loving volcanoes. Yeah fascinating. Um, And I do, it's on my list to check out the David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet documentary, which is out now. And I'm, you know, very passionate about climate change and those things. So I'm looking forward to watching that on Netflix. Um, And this week, we also got a little bit of a teaser from William that um, there's about, I guess we find out on Thursday, I think it is this week that 
what is coming up with the Earthshot Prize that William established last year. So it's apparently the most prestigious global environment prize in history. So I thought you were going to say his documentary because Prince William has a nature documentary out too. And there's new pictures of the Cambridge kids in it, like Charlotte's gardening and Louis on the beach picking up a shell. And then there's another one. What's George doing? I think George is in a garden as well. I actually need to look this up. Wait, is that is that the that's not correlated to this though, is it? The Earthshot. No, place? it's a different. No, it's a different documentary. It's the, it's yeah, the, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I there's so many sure. nature okay. documentaries. There's so many nature documentaries, but we know like William is. I mean, I I really love this that he has taken this on as a cause because he wants to be able to tell George, "This is what I did to stop this when you were little." Because I think that that's kind of the way we all need to look at it right now. You know, it's like we can't just look back and be like, "Man, we could have done something," but we should be doing something now. It's sort of I love that William is taking that on and that that um world responsibility yeah he he mentioned like his kids gave him this totally new perspective on you know what it means to be a conservationist and to try and help save you know mother earth and i think that that was really kind of i don't know that's just so impactful to hear from him too that his fatherhood because you like Back when he was a partier, I feel like there was no thought of that whatsoever, as, as yeah. much as Prince Charles would have liked him to be, you know, thinking of those things. But totally. And I think Charles is really proud of him right now with all this conservationist effort. Sure. Um, anyways, more Cambridge news, though. Kate and William also zoomed with Grace, a koala, as they chatted with business owners and first responders on Kangaroo Island in South Australia, which was deeply impacted by the bushfires in January. To be honest, Roberta, the fact that that happened in January, like this year oh has gosh, been a blur. I can't believe that. Um, yeah, it's crazy. 48% of that island was actually impacted by the fires, including a lot of uh, displaced koalas. They were really affected and had to be taken into, um, you know, out of wi- out of the wildlife that they were living in and uh, really cared That's for. So yeah, a recovered. lot of animals. I remember seeing like Instagrams of those, they them having to rescue a lot of different animals and kangaroos and koalas. Um, but yeah, so that this one was saved from the wildfires. This is she's a rescue from the wildfires. Yeah. Yep, and they're about to reintroduce her. Um, it's definitely worth watching if you guys haven't checked it out on their Instagram. But I love that Kate wore. She brought back her Dolce and Gabbana golden yellow dress, which is a nod to the country's na- Australia's national oh, color. I and she that. last wore it at Wimbledon. But it made me think about because she also wore a striking yellow dress in Australia on her visit in 2014, not to the Royal Zoo. But I always think of when George went and met like the little, you know animals at the zoo and threw that little stuffed bilby on the ground i don't know i love all the whenever they interact with animals. it's so cute so i have to admit i haven't had time to watch this video yet but was it was their chat with the koala really like what was their reaction yeah i mean it was just really cute i mean they were mostly talking about the impact right. of the wildfires but they were <laughs> catching up on the health of the koala too Aww. it's it's adorable it's definitely and it's also yeah it's just good to kind of think about all those things all right know, i'm opening that, this a new, did happen. new tab 2020 has kind of been overshadowed by the pandemic totally. but a lot of other things have happened <laughs> sadly um but then finally one last kate update she did spend tuesday morning today chatting with students at derby university about how they're coping during this time i feel like college students are just incredibly impacted by the pandemic. Um, but she also had a major style like difference. I don't know if you saw the pictures. But I loved her, her outfit. Coat. Oh, it's so yeah, good. So 
it's by Massimo Duty, if I'm saying the name right, but it's an oversized coat, which is completely not what she typically wears. So I loved that pivot. And kind of a pl- um, plaid tweed-ish coat with a blue yeah. sweater. It was just really, and then that um, initial necklace, which, did you read the background about that necklace, the one with the initials? Did I tell you? I don't think I told you this. I think maybe I did. They they were in uh, in March when they visited Ireland, I believe it was. They um, someone left that as a present in the room where I think Kate had to change or something. She had to like get changed. Oh, wow! And this woman was like, "I was so nervous, but I left this little box with a necklace that I had gotten made for her that said um, the kid's initials GCL and a pair of matching earrings and." Um, when I left, the boxes were gone. And then her Kate's assistant wrote to this woman later and said, like, thank you so much. She loves them. She's going to wear them all the time. And now we've seen her wear them three we've three times in a row. So times. that's probably that's incredible. super exciting for oh that person. Yeah. So I thought that was really sweet. I love sweet. that. That's such a good piece of background. I, I feel like I saw that story bubbling up and I hadn't finished fully reading it. That's that's so good to know. Um, I wanted to mention too, because I sort of feel like I've come to start like really studying these photos mm-hmm. as I know you do too, mm-hmm. Roberta. But I feel like the this particular outing, you really get a close-up on Kate's clasped hands. And I'm oh, always, you know, I that, always though. feel like I, I always kind of think about for myself, like how do I hold myself in photos, right? right? Because it's like you it's hard. It's like really it's awkward hers, to like, position yourself. one over the other, like with fingers? No. Joined. So she actually looks like she's taking her forefinger and thumb and really intensely gripping her th- other thumb. So that it's like, it's almost like she's been taught. To, we're like, doing it in the Zoom if you're point. wondering why we're yeah. acting so weird. <laughs> I feel like I'm like trying to act like what I'm, yeah, I'm, doing? I'm shaking my hand and trying to give Can I see that? That's what she was doing. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like this, but so they're class, but she actually has, I'm showing Roberta, but it's actually like she's really pinching her thumb. So it's interesting. I encourage all robots <laughs> to check it out and email us and let me know what you think. Because I might use it in my upcoming personal photos. I wonder if but. it makes you kind of like sit up straighter a little bit or like if it makes yeah. you little feel a little more polished. What it, What is the background here? Also, have we also gone too like far nervous, in analyzing you know? photos? Like is yeah, this where we draw the too far? <laughs> this is no, the definition of royally obsessed. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but I want to say it's so a world, world Mental Health Day, I think is why she paid this visit. Yeah. And that's this mm-hmm. Saturday. And as we know, mental health is so 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 big for the royals that's really i think william and kate's like biggest kind of issue that they focus on so i thought that was really um you know yeah they're very they're very good at keeping that in the limelight and i it's so critical to have that in the limelight we all need so much yeah. mental health support especially, especially now, now but always definitely so we are going to talk now about the battle of the brothers the new book that's coming out october 15th by robert lacy who you guys will remember we said last week was the uh, historian for the crown on netflix so the book the full title is battle of brothers william and harry the inside story of a family in tumult tumult <laughs> tumult (laughs) that's actually really that's like three that's two subheads so long title yeah um but roberta (laughs) i love your opinions on book we don't (laughs) we don't have our shots to take a shot for every revelation but we do have several revelations which i will go through quickly and then we can discuss so the first one that says that all the coverage of the book says that it was written in collaboration with a high-level insider and one high-level insider very different from finding freedom which was hundred sources they said which corroborate all of that um which now who knows it's up in the air and it's being brought into megan's trial so we'll you know find yeah. out more about that probably soon but one high level insider that's very i thought that was really interesting yeah that is really i don't interesting. know i want to know who that person is it seems limited yeah another but also another different yeah 
The another revelation: William refused to eat lunch with Harry at the Sandringham Summit, what we've known to you know now call the Sandringham Summit, which was when they you know had to hash out the details of the Sussexes' exit. And Harry and Meghan acted like quote Hollywood lawyers demanding quote guarantees on every single point as if it were a contractual negotiation. Mm. I mean understandable considering Megan's background is Hollywood so I would think that that kind of makes sense especially as an American I feel like we're more I don't know is this this might not be right but like more contractual like yeah more trained to think yeah I don't know yeah uh Queen Elizabeth has always had a soft spot for Harry and had been delighted with Megan but took away Sussex royal branding because she felt they became erratic and compulsive that one kind of stood out to me when I was reading through the revelations that from that excerpt I just thought that that was interesting because it was a kind of you know twist at the end like the split was kind of the details were carved out but then it was like wait 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 you can't use Sussex Royal so that was a yeah really, it came like know, a little bit after the fact from their mm-hmm. from their initial yeah. split so it was really mm-hmm. interesting also a big revelation was that Archie's christening really ruffled feathers. It says that Prince, the book alleges that Prince William was mad the Sussexes wouldn't reveal the godparents, that everything was shrouded in secrecy. Uh, his birth, you know, was kind of kept under wraps for a while. And so I think that, I, I don't know. I don't know if that I believe that, though, because, like, why would William be mad about godparents of Archie? That seems really, maybe it's just because of the break with protocol. I, I don't know if I believe that one. I think that's what the explainer said was that it was, you know, William really follows the constitutional aspects of his royal job to a T. Uh, but again, you know, this is these are revelations from the book. Like, we don't totally know how true they all exactly. are, but it's, it is it is pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. Another one was that Harry saw the official royal portrait of the Queen, Prince Charles, Prince William, and Prince George as exclusionary. He even, like, it sounded like he was kind of like, oh, they left me out in, like, a little bit of, like, a bitchy way. I don't think I believe that one. That one is a line of succession picture, portrait. Like, I don't think Harry would... I mean, the book, I think, alleges that, you know, it just made his decision even easier. And that could be true. I feel like how... I guess I'm just like, you know, how hard would it have been to include Harry? I mean, I get that it's a line of succession, but it's like you're excluding one very prominent member of the family. I don't know. Yeah. Just my two cents. That's a good point. I don't know. That's a good point. I want this. I want this back and forth. That's good. Um, Also, (laughs) I thought this was really interesting is that William asked Diana's brother for help when Harry and Meghan first started dating. He thought they were rushing into things. So he kind of asked um, Charles Spencer to intervene. The quote is the result of the Spencer intervention was an even more bitter explosion. Once again, Harry refused to slow down. He was furious with his elder brother for dragging other family members into the row. I don't know. I mean, I could see William doing that, knowing what we know about his reaction to Megan and how he, you know, it it was quick. It was a very quick timeline. So I think I could I could see that playing out. Yeah, totally. Totally. Sorry for a quick second. I just was distracted by your sweatshirt. Roberta's wearing her. Her fly Diana Virgin Again. Atlantic sweatshirt. Oh, I, I guess I just I held it, it up for the camera last time. So here, here it is it. on sorry, my body. Sorry. Uh, I digress. <laughs> um, but no, I do think that that involvement is pretty, um, it sounds true to me. Yeah. But I, also, I Charles Spencer, Diana's brother was kind of a godfather to them in a lot of ways, it seems like, after her death. And I think wanted to- Had a big role yeah, in Yeah, wanted to yeah. really look out for them and make sure, you know, that they were kept safe and- um, 
not only, you know, not just duty. He talked about that in his eulogy for Diana a lot. So, um, but family as well. So I thought that was really interesting. And then the final thing that I thought was really revelatory was that the queen wanted Harry and Meghan to move to Africa. She wanted to give them a role in South Africa, kind of like a diplomatic role, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was because she wanted to give everyone a breather or that was what it was understood was that everyone kind of needed a breather from the Sussexes and all of this whirlwind crazy media coverage. Um, and I thought it was interesting because they, I think it was described in the book as an opportunity for them to kind of live like normal people and still maintain their royal role. So she was definitely it sounds like if this is true, that she really did have her sights on their needs and what they were really pushing towards, which was a more private normal quote-unquote feeling like yeah and i remember hearing about this back when this kind of the news broke that they wanted to move to africa and you know they they know long how long they'd be there it wasn't just a royal tour it would be them actually living there and they would get a lot more privacy and all that and so it's kind of crazy to i'm curious to read the book because i want to know you know what happened after this was proposed how did it fall through the cracks what kind of made this yeah. spiral out of control? Because then quickly after that, I feel like it was only a couple of months after that was when the news that Harry and Meghan were leaving broke. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely want to read the book. I feel like I did a little bit of a deep dive into, you know, I mean, Robert Lacey's incredible. He's incredibly credible. Like, I think that he, you know, he's the historian for the crown and he just does a lot of, uh, you know, I feel like he has a really strong reputation in all the books he's written over many decades. So I'm definitely you know, my interest is peaked. I also read an interview that he chooses to write about things where he really wants a happy ending for the subject. So I feel like, I don't know, I'm expecting sort of a optimistic story. Yeah, he wrote Majesty, which was about the Queen, and that was a critical Mm -hmm. success. So I did Mm want to just mention this quote. He he interviewed with the Daily Mail, and Robert Lee said, quote, the palace got this very wrong, as it always does with the secondborn. They always treat the secondborn badly, not to say cruelly. It happened with Princess Margaret. It happened with Princess Prince Andrew. It's the classic heir and the spare thing. They just don't know what to do with the spare, and they certainly didn't know what to do with the spare's wife. He also said, there's only one self-made millionaire in the royal family, and that is Meghan Markle. If they had sat down with her at the start and said, let's have a talk about the things you're interested in, things might have been different. Um, So I do think he's coming from a place of like, the monarchy could have done so much more. And so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in the book. I absolutely so curious. I also have to, my reading, I like want to take royal biographies with, you know, more of a critical lens because of knowing how disputed some of the claims in Finding Freedom are. And not just that, but I, I, that was like one of the most recent royal biographies I've read. And so I think that like, it's so hard not knowing the sources. It's really difficult. So, and I wanted it all to be true. And then it, you know, it's not, but I know. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So our highs and lows for the week. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low is that the Sussexes are skipping Christmas in the UK, which is pretty, I mean, safe to assume, you know, because of COVID, they can't make it over there, and that makes sense. Um, but I think it just makes me really sad that they won't all spend Christmas together. But also, the I gag know. gifts just wouldn't be that funny oh when everyone's gosh, What's happening with the gag gifts? They can still Amazon that. Come yeah, but on. is it funny when they like? There's a rift, or like, you know what I mean? Like, no one's gonna find it funny. When Come on, you got. If there's any moment to make amends, it's with the gag gifts. <laughs> true. True. Uh, my low of the week is Patrick J. Adams, who we all know and love from Suits, which I'm addicted to during quarantine. Although I've taken a brief hiatus for Ted Lasso. Last 
last mention, <laughs> promise, um, is apparently too intimidated to call Meghan Markle his love interest for many, many years on Suits. Uh, you know, Mike Ross and Rachel, the fairy tale of all fairy tales. Um, but he told the Radio Times that he's too intimidated. And he said, I have no doubt I could pick up the phone and call her at any moment. But I don't know what I would say. Aw, Patrick, call I, her. I, I almost feel like that's a weird response to say you're too intimidated. Like, I feel like she, I don't know, like your co- co-star? I guess she's like so huge now yeah. that you feel like you, you assume she's probably too busy and like important for your call. But come on. No, call yes. her. That's my that's my Definitely. message. My low is like, don't, don't split up Mike and, and Rachel. <laughs> my high this week is Kate and Charlotte have learned to <laughs> floss. I don't know if you know, you know flossing, right, Rachel? I do, but I actually can't do it. I have tried in the mirror many times. I will, I'm will. i not too proud to admit, and it looks horrible, so I can't floss, but I love this. So on a visit uh, in the documentary Prince William, A Planet for Us All, the Duke of Cambridge speaks to school children during a visit to Liverpool. One student, Poppy, asked him, has Prince George learnt you the floss? And his response... <laughs> No, Charlotte can floss. She can already floss at four. So this was before she turned five. And he said, yeah, you don't want to see me floss. Catherine can floss, but I can't. It's like a really horrible film to watch me floss. (laughs) And now all I want to do is picture Prince William flossing. But I love that. That's so cute. That's That's so funny. That's That's such a good high, but we definitely need the video, William. We need the video. My high, rounding out on a good note, um, is National Poetry Day as honored by Charles and Camilla. If you haven't listened to their readings on Instagram, we're going to play a quick clip of Charles. Oh joy that in our embers is something that doth live, that nature yet remembers what was so fugitive. I mean, come on, Roberta. It's better than the calm app with their bedtime stories. I was just going to say that he needs to do that. <laughs> I would fall right asleep. Just keep it on loop all day and you will feel calmer. I feel like there's a study in there. And Camilla, too. She sounds yeah, great. Yeah, I just love poetry, too. I, I mean, yeah. it's so soothing to hear anyone read it, but especially Charles and Camilla. The especially cams. them. And National Poetry Day is a moment to enjoy, discover, and share poems, which Aww. they honored. That's sweet. Perfect. Yeah. Well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This is a review uh, from Anna. It says, favorite pod. Cannot get enough of this show. Rachel and Roberta serve up all the royal tea. Love these two. We haven't had tea in a while, Rachel. And this yeah, we should have royal tea. refreshment needs to be tea next time. Our next morning recording. Yeah, let's definitely. do it. Uh, so follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can also send us an email. We love hearing from you guys. Info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week. God, God save, save the, pod. the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.